You are listening to the Her Legendary Story Podcast, and my name is Doreen. I am a certified life coach, a certified trauma-informed coach, and a trauma recovery coach in training. In October of 2022, at the age of 60, I experienced something that turned my life inside out and upside down. Through a DNA test, I found out that the man I thought was my father was not my father. It's called an NPE, a non-parental event. In an instant, among other things, the ethnicity I identified with changed. What I knew to be half of my family changed. And I went from having what I thought was one full brother to seven half-siblings. As I went into shock, my higher brain went offline. And I experienced more intense emotions than I ever had in the past. When my prefrontal frontal cortex started to come back online, I was able to use the skills I learned as a life coach to start to process my thoughts and feelings and consciously decide how I wanted to navigate this situation. I thought I had a pretty good grasp separating fact from story before I became an NPE. As I let myself be broken open by this experience, I began to deeply understand that everything is a story. My life is changing in beautiful ways as I finally let go of some deeply held stories that were holding me back. And I am now free to live out my new story. I now teach other coaches how to start creating wild success by letting go of the stories that are holding them back. Are you ready to break through? Let's go. Knock, knock. Who's there? No one. No one who? Um, no one. No one's there. That's the problem. And that's the punchline. <laughs> okay, thanks for indulging my goofy sense of humor. But seriously, coaches, if you are not fully booked... Here's what you need to do first. It's not to create a new lead magnet. It's not to narrow down or rethink your niche. And it's not to change the price of your offer or anything along those lines. It's to learn to become present, to learn how to deeply hold space for your clients. Stay with me because you might be saying, I know how to do that, but do you really? I was certified as a coach through the Life Coach School, and I understand why holding space is the first thing they teach us. It's everything. And when I was going through training, I could see how well the more experienced coaches held space and how present they were for the person they were coaching. Now, I do recognize that I've gotten better at coaching or being present during coaching sessions. In fact, before my NPE discovery, I would have said that my holding space and being present skills were above average. But now that I've gone through this tsunami of an experience of having my identity shattered and questioning everything I ever knew about my family and who I am and everything I believe, I realized that the small amount of time I was in front of clients 
was the only time I was practicing being present. And that's why I wasn't great at it. For every other minute of the day, I was thinking about the past or the future. I was either berating myself or worrying about not getting enough done yesterday or last week or last month or last year, or I was obsessing about every detail about what I thought I should be doing tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. I love that the most important tenet of the trauma recovery coaching program that I'm currently going through is that our clients feel safe. I help my clients feel safe by me being grounded, centered, authentic, and present. Because we now know that when we are in relationship with one another, our nervous systems attune to each other. So we can't be scattered and anxious and overwhelmed all day long and then try to sit down in front of a client and will ourselves to be instantly calm, centered, grounded, and present. Because no matter how calm you try to look on the outside or how much you will yourself to instantly be present, if you are scattered on the inside, your client will sense that. So my question to you is, where are you every minute of the day? Or maybe the better way to ask that is, where are you in any given minute of the day? When you're with your family, when you're with your friends, when you're working on a task for your business, even when you're just doing things around your house or you're out doing errands, What percentage of your waking time are you truly present for the moments of your life? My next question to you is, how different would your life be if you were most of the time present for the moments of your life? How would it affect your relationships, your energy, your productivity, your joy, your understanding? And if you were present for most of the time in your everyday life, how much naturally easier would it be for you to be deeply present and hold space when it was time to coach your clients? How much more rich and meaningful of an experience would it be for your clients if they sensed that they had your full presence, that they could truly feel safe in the container you created? I realized that it was no wonder that I found holding space and being present for my clients challenging when every other minute of the day I was feeling rushed, annoyed, overwhelmed, preoccupied, impatient, judgmental of me and everyone else. So then the question became, how can I cultivate presence in my life? The first thing I'm doing is I'm letting go of the small annoyances during the day. I'm not letting myself stew over them. I'm not hanging on to them. I just finished a course through Sounds True called Living from a Place of Surrender. It was taught by Michael Singer. You may have heard of him. He wrote two books called The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul. Now, surrender is one of the things that has been on my mind since I found out about my DNA surprise. 
because trying to control everything has not worked. And like I said, as horrible of an experience as this has been, the gift is that I'm finally letting go of beliefs that have been holding me back. I didn't agree with everything Michael said, but one of the things that has been helpful is to start with what he calls, quote unquote, the low hanging fruit. For example, the slow driver in front of you, instead of getting annoyed by that driver, just take a deep breath and release the feeling of annoyance. If you're like me, there are a million tiny situations all day long. You can try this with, so you can get some great practice in being present by just doing this alone. The other thing I'm doing is I'm taking up a meditation practice again. Now we're all humans and our minds are going to wander and we do have to allow for that. So I'm not asking you to try to meditate like a monk. I'm not asking you to start meditating six hours a day as if we had time for that, right? But um, although I will say meditation is a great way to practice being present. I've always been a crisis meditator. I have only in the past taken up meditation when I was in a crisis, when I was in so much mental pain that I craved that silence, even for a breath. Sometimes in a 20-minute meditation session, I am only able to be present and not listening to my thoughts for, say, three breaths or four breaths. And I find those breaths so delicious that it just makes me want more. But at the same time, I've also accepted that there's no magical place to get to in meditation. And if I can only get there for three or four breaths, that is good. That is enough. There are so many misconceptions about meditation. And one of them is that it's about not thinking, or it's about trying to push away your thoughts. And that's not true because you can't do that anyways, right? The thoughts are going to be there. It's just about practicing, noticing the thoughts and then letting them go. So you kind of practice not holding on to them. That's what gets us in trouble because then they, they sometimes get stuck down in our bodies, um, as sensations and, um, What's the other thing I wanted to say? They, um, they become, you know, if you hold on to them, then they become beliefs. So then you're taking a thought, which is just a story and you're making it belie- a belief in your life. You're making it true. And that's what's hold, that's what holds us back. <clears throat> so it's just about practicing again, again, noticing the thoughts and letting them go. And this time I've committed to making meditation part of my daily life going forward. And if you've never done it before, this is how you do it. First of all, just get comfortable. Um, They often will tell you to put your feet on the floor, but sometimes I have my feet up on an ottoman because that's comfortable for me. Just be comfortable. Um, it's, It's good to have your spine sitting upright. But I also, most of the time, um, support my head so I can rest my head. Um, And then you can set a timer if you want to. Then just close your eyes. 
as the thoughts come, then just let, gently let them go. Um, and, and depending on how that happens for you, it's going to happen for you. I'm very visual. So I kind of actually sometimes see the thoughts in my mind's eye, not always, but sometimes I see them as like, as if they're on a screen moving left to right. Sometimes I see them as clouds floating away. You can also just concentrate on your breath going in and out. And I, I like doing that because, like I said, the thoughts are still going to come, but concentrating on something else just starts to create some space between your consciousness and your thoughts. And that's what you want to do. That's what it's about. The only caveat is for some people who have recently experienced a trauma or have not worked through a past trauma, meditation can be triggering. So in those cases, please seek out a therapist or a trauma coach before you try meditation. Now, you don't have to take up a meditation practice if you don't want to. Just decide where in your life do you want to start cultivating more presence. You can do that in so many ways. So here's a few more ideas, and I bet you can come up with some of them on your own too. If you like to journal, you can journal. Ask yourself, what am I present to right now? Or today, where was I not present? Or what do I want to be more present to in my life? Or where in my life do I want to be more present? Or you can commit to putting your phone in another room for a designated period of time on a daily basis if, you're, if your phone is a problem for you. Or you can commit to becoming present in just one area of your life, for example, with your partner or with your kids or even in your downtime. Because if you're trying to relax, but you're feeling guilty and instead you're thinking about what you think you should be doing, you're not relaxing, right? You're not being present even there. Or you can close your eyes and simply pay attention to what you're feeling in your body for a few seconds. My last suggestion is you could try Qigong, which is a kind of moving mindfulness. I love Qigong. My teacher's name is Sifu Anthony. He's online. So if you're interested, you can learn more and try it out for free on his website. It's called Flowing Zen. You can start small or start big. It doesn't matter. Amazing things can happen when you start bringing more presence into your life. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Have a great week, everyone. Are you a life coach who's ready to start living your legendary story? I would be so honored if you would subscribe to this podcast. You can also drop me an email at herlegendarystory at yahoo and just let me know what you're struggling with as you're building your business, including specific details of a recent time you were experiencing the struggle, and I will respond with a personalized message. Talk to you again soon. Thank you.